We had a tremendous prayer meeting Wednesday night. And I felt like the Lord spoke and dropped into my spirit about faith and about believing that we will be receiving when we pray in faith. You have to believe that you will receive. Believing is not enough. You have to believe you will receive. And it was in prayer Wednesday night. I was getting ready to do the word shot. And God took me to Joshua, excuse me, Judges 16, where Samson has his eyes plucked out. He's at the mill. You know the story, Delilah, and his hair was cut. and He lost the anointing. But his hair grew back. Which tells me anointing can return. Restoration can happen. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Reconciliation can, can still happen. People can get right and be right with God. Hello, somebody. And the Bible says that they were making sport. Those of you that were here in prayer, excuse me, or for prayer Wednesday night, you already know what I'm going to say. But God dropped that in, dropped this into my spirit. And he took me there. And I looked at it. And I read it just to, what I felt God speaking into my spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And Samson, while they were making fun and sport of him, 3,000 men and women on the roof looking down, making fun at a fallen man of God. And Samson said, <laughs> Let me fill the pillar one more time. <laughs> he said, Lead me to the pillar. Before he ever prayed that God, God's anointing and strength and power would move on him, he said, just take me to the pillar. Because I'm believing I'm going to be receiving something here in just a moment. He didn't feel the anointing and strength and then ask. He said, just take me to the problem. Take me to my pillar. Take me... Let me feel the pillar again. Because God is fixing to move. You see, you got to believe you're going to receive. Even before you feel it. That's what faith faith is now. Now faith. Hebrews 11. And by the way, Samson is mentioned in the faith chapter. The hall of fame of faith. Why? Because he said, let me feel the pillar. Let me reach out in faith, believing that I'm going to be receiving. You know, he brought the house down and killed more of the enemy in his death than he did in his entire life. Everything combined together. 
Let me to the, lead me to the pillar. I pray we feel this end-time revival. We have end-time revival. God, I'm believing for a great move of the Holy Ghost. I'm praying and believing that we will be receiving end-time Holy Ghost-filled great revival in Jesus' name. Take us back to the pillar of prayer. Take us back to the pillar of holiness. God, take me back where I need to be. Amen. Well, there's your message. They actually recorded that Wednesday night. We'll probably post that at some point. You might want to listen to it. I'm telling you, it was, I guess, it's one of those things. You just had to be here. <laughs> Amen. We had a good time. I guess it's time for me to preach. Is <laughs> y'all standing there looking at me? I want, to, I want to speak what's on my heart this morning, but I want to do it in love. I want to, to share a word this morning. So let's turn to the book of Exodus chapter 32. <coughs> Exodus 32, <clears throat> verse number 26. Moses has just come down from the mountain. He has received the Ten Commandments. He has seen the glory of God. In his absence, because he was gone for a while, 40 days, time of preparation, he's, as he's gone, he, uh, we know that Aaron is pressured into making the golden calf. And there are some people worshiping a false god, false idol after they've been separated from sin and separated from Egypt and they've crossed the Red Sea, they turn back. It's beyond me. Moses comes down and he's upset, he's angry, throws the tablets of stone. And in verse 26, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from the gate, or from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day, about 3,000 men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Moses drew a line in the sand, And he simply asked the question, who is on the Lord's side? And for those that did not choose to be on the right side, fail. Fail. 
That sounds negative, but there is a, pond of, a positive. There is a silver lining to this. Because the last line here says that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Praise God. I have a couple titles I'll I'll give you. One, whose side are you on? Moses, who is on the Lord's side? Another title I could give this would be Choose Wisely. Which side of the cross, which side of the line, which side of the great divide are you on today? Or maybe you'd like this title, The Wrong Side of Right. I want to be on the right side of right. I don't want to be on the wrong side. Because there is eternal damnation and death and destruction. Pride goeth before a haughty spirit before destruction. I want to be on the right side of right. I want to be on the right side. I want to be at the feet of Jesus with mercy and grace. And Which side of the line are you on today? Would you help me pray that God would move and minister and talk to each and every one of us this morning? God, I pray as... I preached for the next few minutes this morning that it would be under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Let your anointing rest upon me. Let your anointing rest upon everyone here this morning. Touch every heart, mind, and soul. God, let us do some circumspection of our own soul, of our own spirit. God, let us look within. God, if there be any wickedness in me, God, root it out this morning. God, if there be anything in me, God, I want to be on the right side of grace. I want to be on the right side of mercy. God, I want to be right with you and right with my church family. I pray in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated today? Praise God. Amen. You you can't. And I hate to start with a negative. I like to start with positives. But I'll just skip to the chase this morning. You can't straddle the fence in living for God. You have to choose a side. Amen. You can't live with one foot in the house of God and one foot in the world. It's one side or the other. Here is a great proverb for you to learn. And it's coming from me today. He or she who rides the fence will get hurt. (laughs) Try to get that visual in your head now. He or she who tries to ride the fence is destined for some pain. Better to be on the right side of the fence. It's better to be on the right side of judgment. It's better to be on the right side of mercy. It's it's better to be on the right side of grace. Praise God. Some people live their life thinking, well, I'm going to stay as close on the wrong side as possible, as close to the fence. That way, I'll have at some point an opportunity to jump over real quick and get saved at the last minute. You may not have that opportunity. Life is but a vapor. We are not guaranteed tomorrow or even five minutes from now. No one's guaranteed that. You talk about no guarantees. You better get on the right side of mercy and grace while you can. Amen. 
1 Kings 18, Elijah came unto all the people. He told everybody, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. I'm telling you today, how long halt ye between two opinions? I'm asking that question. Are you on the right side or the wrong side? Man, that's an interesting message to start with, uh, Pastor, when we come back in small groups. <laughs> but this is what I feel today. I want to stay on the right side of grace and mercy and truth. I want to stay right with God. I want to stay right with Pastor. Pastor has pastors pastor has elders amen i want to stay submissive i want to keep a humble and contrite spirit i've got elders in my life if they say hey you need to you need to do some circumspection and you need to make sure that you live in it right yes sir roger that affirmative why i want to be on the right side of grace i want to stay on the right side of mercy I want to stay in God's good graces. But the moment I come become well, prideful, the moment I begin to worship things out there more than Him, my, 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 y'all quiet today. Come back, well, you can't come back. Come back next Sunday, we'll preach some. Maybe tonight, the other third, one of the thirds, will, man, we'll shout and go, we'll tell you how good it was. <laughs> You have to decide whose side you are on. By the way, God doesn't choose sides. He's on his own side. Joshua, <laughs> he sees the angel of the Lord. He didn't know it was the angel of the Lord, the captain of the Lord's host, right before Jericho in Joshua 5, in uh, chapter 5, verse number 13 through 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, neither. But as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. He said, I'm on God's side because I'm an angel of the Lord. Joshua said, Okay, then I'm on your side. (laughs) Because if you're on God's side and I'm on your side, I'm on the same side. Paul put it this way when he wrote to all those pastors of all of these churches and the leaders. He said, follow me as I, if I'm on the, as pastors on the same side as God, and I believe I am. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. You better be submissive to pastor. Hold on, I'm not saying that of arrogancy. I'm submissive myself. I have elders. And as long as they're following God, and I feel like they're, staying, they're living a holy, righteous life, I'm, li- I'm following their guidance and example. The moment they change, I'm, ch- I'm jumping ship. I'm, I'm, changing, I'm following God. I'm going to stay on the right side of right. The danger is people think, well, I'm not going to submit. You better go find yourself a pastor you can submit to. And say, you know what, I, I was reading this... I, Kids, you know, I was reading things pastors should not say. If you can't submit to this pastor, you need to leave. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. If you can't submit, hit the door. If you're trying to be sub, uh, uh, you're trying to be a supplanter, I'm going to say it anyway. 
You think your way is better than my way, God's way, then you better go find your own church. Pastor's pastor right now, and I'm trying to help. Because there's still mercy and grace. You can stay right. You can get right. I can get right. We can all be right together. I'm going to follow Christ. If you don't want to follow Christ, I can't help you. You don't want to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I can't help. You've got to choose for yourself. Joshua said, if you want to serve the gods on the other side of the Red, the, the, uh, the, the, the red Sea, then you go ahead. You want to serve the gods of the Amorites? You want to serve all those here? You want to go do your own thing? Go ahead. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, I'm going to stay on the right side of God. I'm going to stay on the right side of mercy, right side of grace. I want to live a right. I'm going to follow the commandments. I'm going to be. He said in Joshua, that's Joshua 24, by the way. He said, uh, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, you choose you this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me, Pastor Mike Mullings at the Apostolic Rock Church, we're going to present our bodies living sacrifices. Holiness is still preached. Separation from the world is still preached. What I'm do- I guess what I'm doing today is I'm, I'm showing us the line that God has drawn in the sand. I didn't draw the line. He drew it. You got a problem with it, you take it up with Him. I thank you for that. Preach it. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the... I want you to get this. The dividing asunder. Not every division is wrong. Let me give you a little insight this morning. We always blame the devil for division. Sometimes... The word of God is sharper than any two-edged Well, it's always sharper than any two-edged sword. But sometimes the word of God is given and it also divides. We are to be a separate, holy people. Separate from the world. Dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You might fool me, you might fool other people, but you will not fool the Lord on your intent, the intentions of your heart. And the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will seek it out. And verse 13, he went on to say, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. You can fool me. You can fool everybody else. And I say you, I'm just using that in the general sense. But we cannot fool him. 
Because neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. I'm glad I've got something to do with Jesus. I'm glad he's got something to do with me. And I feel like the Lord is drawing a line in the sand. We are living in perilous times. We are living, I believe, I really do believe, we are living in the last days. Look at what's going on around us in this country in the news. And that which is good is being called evil. That which is evil is, beca- is being called good. Things, this world is upside down. God is, is drawing a line. He, 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 is, he is dividing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like every time God blessed people in the Bible, there was some kind of division that took place. They had to, he, he, he divided the waters at the Red Sea. And they walked across on dry. There was a division that took place that the people of God said, we're going to be on the right side of this. Not, we're not staying in Egypt, but we're going to the promises and the blessings of God. I want to tell you, so I feel like God is opening up an, an opportunity for this church to move forward into revival and to be right with God. And, and I don't know why. You want to stay in Egypt, you go ahead. But you ain't going to be able to hang with us. You ain't going to be able to stay up with us. We're moving into revival. We're moving into the blessings of God. We're moving ahead. We're putting some things behind us. We're staying on the right side of right. Matter of fact, I'm not so sure if not every generation has to cross through, a, has to have a division at some point. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate. There's got to be a division taking place. We've been, my family, we've been talking about the threshing floor. And I might preach on this next week or tonight. I don't know when. But at the threshing floor, there was a division. The wheat and the tares or the barley and the chaff were brought together. But there was always a sifting, a division that took place. And you better make sure you stay on the threshing floor. Because if you are not wheat or barley, and you're not part of the harvest, go to Matthew 13, the tares were bound first and thrown into the fiery pit of hell and flake of fire. The threshing floor was this flat place. It was usually the flattest place. And it belonged to like the whole village and everybody had their place. But they would bring the, the harvest there. And, and it was there. They would take these boards with rocks and things. And they would grind it. In the, and, and sometimes they would trample it with their feet. Or they would use a donkey or whatever. And the animals or the oxen. And they would, they would trample it. And they would trample it. And it would separate. It would divide the good from the bad. What was useful and what was not. And they would take it. With this thing we call a pitchfork. But they called it a fan. And they would take it with the fan. They would throw it up. And they usually did it in the evening time. When the wind was blowing through there. And the wheat would settle. But the chaff and the tares were blown away. There is a division taking place in the last days. I want to stay in the house of God. 
Let, let me give you just a little. Matter of fact, do you know where, the, where David's temple was built? It was built on the ground of a threshing floor because it was flat. It was a place where the wheat and the barley and everything else had been divided. Everything else in the world had been separated. If we do not live a separated, holy, dedicated life, we will be wind-tossed, destined for a lake of fire. That's why I say I'm going to come out and be separate. I'm going to live a holy and righteous lifestyle. I'm going to be submissive to the order and the leadership of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to my elders. I will not be subversive. I will not cause a problem. If I, can, if I do, I will, pro, I will apologize and make it right. Because I want to stay on the right side. I hope this is making sense to y'all. Man, that's some, that's some powerful, that's, that's some violent preaching. Let, let me tell you how things are built. We're trying to seek first the kingdom of God and build the kingdom. In Nehemiah chapter 4, what did Nehemiah do? They all had a weapon. And every man that was on the wall that was building said with one hand they did work and they had a mind to work. Thank God we want a people with a mind to work. But on the other hand, they had a sword. There are some things you've got to... Why? You got to divide. What were they doing? They were building the wall. Why? To separate them from Sanballat and Tobiah and the enemies that would do them wrong. That were outside but wanted to come inside. The Bible says they tried to come in. And Nehemiah says, uh-uh. No, you're not. Well, then why don't you come out here? Oh, no, we're not coming to the plain of oh, no. We're not compromising. We're building a wall to separate us from you. And if you don't want to be a part of us, then you're going to be outside. Part of them. I know, I know. This You should not give ultimatums. But I'm telling you, there is one ultimatum that God gave, and that's heaven or hell, right or wrong. I want to stay on the right side of right. I want to make it to heaven. I want to be. There's, an, there's a huge responsibility as a pastor, as, as, a, as an under-shepherd to the, he's the one true shepherd. There's, an, there's a responsibility that I have to deliver, to try to warn you, to warn the church. To stay on the right side of right. Why? Because Luke 16, Jesus said, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't live on both sides of the fence. You, 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 I, only snakes speak with forked tongue. You can't say, Brother Nichols, I love you, and turn right around and talk behind his back. And then you go out and you try to be a supplanter and do everything against. And I can, I can do it better than Brother Nichols. <laughs> I wasn't saying like I can do better than Brother Nichols, or I just. What I'm saying is we have to stay on the right side of right. God is not the author of confusion, but God is a God of order. Praise God. Mark 3 and 24. You ready? I'm going to give you a little insight. I'm, I'm going to bring this kind of full circle. I, I mentioned to it, alluded it to it a minute ago. Mark 3, 24. Jesus said, if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, said, if a kingdom be divided 
against itself, that kingdom. Can't understand. The devil would love to come into the house of God and use people to divide the church. But he is not the only one. And I know we are to be in one mind and one accord and we preach on unity and we have to have a spirit of unity as long as we're all on the same side of right. Because the, the word of God is a two-edged sword rightly dividing, rightly dividing, separating. The devil's not the only one that uses division. God will use division also to multiply. You see, here's the thing. The devil uses division to take away. But God uses division to multiply. Hello. He can divide some things out of our heart. He can root out some things. He can divide some things out of us. And if we will allow allow him to transform us, God will multiply. You're not catching it. Let me go back to my text. He said the last line, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. He said, Moses said, hey, God is dividing. There were 3,000 people that ended up on the wrong side and they died. But God said, we are, God is dividing. He is separating because he wants to bless those that are on the right side. I want the blessings of God on our church. I want the Holy Ghost power to continue to move. I want revival. I want people to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want people finding repentance. I, we, one of the nicknames for this church is a place for the broken. I'm thankful people can come who have been broken and get right with God and God can restore and put them back together and use them again for His glory and multiply. Somebody shout hallelujah. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. And resist the devil. And he will flee from you. We love to say resist the devil and he has to flee. But it starts with submissive. It starts with humility. It starts with saying, God, I submit myself to you. What he's saying is, God, I'm going to stay on the right side of right. God, I humble myself. I want to be obedient to you. I want to be obedient to your word. You know, know, the Bible says that disobedience is the same thing as witchcraft. Hello, somebody. I want to stay obedient to God. I want to stay obedient to the the people of authority, the spiritual authority in my life. I want to stay on the right side of right. And we, there's a higher power today. God he said, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. We, we ha- are having small group. We're trying to be kind and we're trying to be law-abiding citizens. But I do feel that we have to be on the right side of right. I don't want to be on the wrong side. I, I'm doing my best to say, God, have your will. Not my will, but thy will. And I want to stay right and true with you. And I want the people of this church to be in one mind and one accord. But if there's somebody... That doesn't want to be on the right side. I'm lifting them up in prayer. And I'm going to let the wind of the Holy Ghost use His power. And God, if you got to blow somebody outside of the house of... Outside of the threshing floor. 
God, I'm bringing them up to you. If they come back down, let them land on their feet. Let them have a, a humble and contrite spirit. Let's bind together and be right. To, but if not... Why? Because I want revival. I want to move with the Holy Ghost. And we cannot have that if there's sin in the camp. I wonder now, I just may, I wonder if there's a connection between Achan and the Babylonian garments, the little gold, little silver, the things he put under his tent. His family was killed. But they found out after about 3,000 men were killed. Same number that when God divided the line in the sand, with the, there were 3,000 that stood on the wrong side. But if we'll get on the right side and be right with God, the same day they got in one mind, in one accord, in the Acts chapter 2, there were 3,000 souls that were saved. I'm telling you, if we could get on the right side of right, there's no telling what kind of revival. What kind of blessing is going to happen if we'll unite to be right with God? Oh, let's give Him praise. I want to be right. I want to unite in right thinking, in a right spirit. And David prayed, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. I have prayed this week that God would renew a right spirit in all of us. God created us a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Cast me, cast us not away. Restore the joy of that salvation. But God, if there be anyone that will not be on the right side with the right humble and contrite spirit, someone that will not, that does not, that refuses to, to be on the right side and is going to be a, a cause of division, God, I'm putting them in your hands. You can shift them with the wind of the Holy Ghost. Either transform them So that we can all be on the right side. But I'm just going to lift him up in prayer. If you've been here very long, you know I am not the kind of pastor that takes the word of God and beats people over the head. I'm the kind of pastor, this is just my, this is my way, my makeup. It's how God made me just say, hey, man, this is the line. He said, walk ye, the, walk ye therein. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, man. Come on, let's go together. But if someone decides, I'm not going to submit, I'm not going to go. I love you. But I'm cross. I'm going to stay on the right side of right. This is a two-edged sword. Rightly dividing. There's times where 
I'm preaching a message. In fact, let me give you a real, real simple one that happens. There's times my wife and I are just talking, and she brings up a word from the Lord, and I'm going, ouch. I feel like I'm having a little spiritual surgery going on right now. Because the Spirit, with His Word, is doing some heart surgery. And if I want to stay right with God and right with my wife and right with the church family and right with my kids and right with the, I want to be on the right side. I have to allow the word to root out any bitterness or anything that would not be of God. And I have to let, I have, there has to be a division within myself. It's making sense. So that I can be right with God. And as pastor, the one responsible for for trying to lead us to glory. There are times where God, I'm not drawing the line. God, the word has drawn the line. And I have to say, hey, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not submissive, if we're not on the same page, and I'm on the same page with him, but we're not on the same page, we got problems. What? I don't like, I hate conflict, to be honest. <laughs> I deal with it all the time in my job. I don't like it. Some people, I guess, live for conflict. I don't like conflict. I've been trained with student assistance. I've been trained with conflict mediation. I go to the Word of God on how to deal with conflict. I don't like it. I don't like it when people don't get along. I like to use that. Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just be right? Well, you know what? It's because it's, because it's an individual decision. And there's times where the Word of God comes, and I'm like, wow, that hurt. But God, if there be, like David said, create in me a clean, renew in me a right spirit. David, there's some things that in your spirit that you've got to cut out if you're going to be right with God. He said, what? Cast me not away from thy. Don't let me ever be separated from you. You see, the word will sometimes separate things out of our hearts so that we can stay reconciled with him. And as it's just a humble man of God. I am responsible. for exercising the word of truth. This thing that is sharper than any two-edged sword. You've got to be careful when you're dealing with a sharp object. Because it can sometimes pierce and be used in a wrong way. That's why I don't want to be a pastor that goes around beating people up. 
because I don't find that for me. I don't find that in my relationship. But there are times where the line is drawn and I'm, there's some dividing. Can I go back to the threshing floor again? It's the threshing floor that the wheat and the tares would be separated. Or the barley and the chaff would be separated. It was that process in the air and a division. There was separation that took place. And if you go back to Ruth, when she went to where Boaz was, she found him asleep where? Where he needed to be. Why? Because there were many times if the threshing floor was not protected, you see, it was all in the open. We think of she goes to where Boaz was in the threshing floor, that it's in some type of a barn or place. No, if you go to Israel today, all the threshing floors were open spaces. They were flat spaces that they used out there. That's where they went out and did the harvest, the grain, the wheat. He was out there protecting the harvest. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The reason pastor is saying, please get on the right side of right, is I'm trying to protect the harvest. It's his harvest. And he is the husbandman. And we are going to be put in the Father's house. I don't have time to preach all that. But I'm begging, I'm pleading with the church today. And I know this is only a third of us, but I'm begging and pleading. Please get on the right side. Have a right spirit. Because if you don't, the Holy Ghost wind is going to blow you out. Where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and fire and unquenchable fire. And John the Baptist, when he, pro- when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, he wanted to, how did he describe Jesus? He said, Whose hand is it? Whose, whose fan, his fan is in his hand. The fan, it's the same word. That's what they threw them. And the wind blew that which was. He said, with unquenchable fire. And the Holy Ghost begins to move. God will separate. You think this is, you think you feel a heavy. How do you think I've felt this week? stand in this place I want to be right God like David prayed search me like Isaiah prayed search me like most of the men of God in the Bible search me I want to be right with you God I want to be right I want our church to be right because I believe revival Blessing is coming when we unite on the side of right. And I can I say, I believe that's fixing to happen really quickly. Therefore, I think what's getting ready to happen is the wheat and the chaff are being thrown up right now. And the Spirit of God is getting ready to move. He's going to blow some out. And we're going to go, where do they go? I'm going to tell you what. God is preparing His church. To receive the harvest. To be put in the storehouse. 
every return and stay and remain and stand. I got, I got lots of notes about where to stand and how to stand on the threshing floor and where to be. But can I just say, let's just be right with God. Is every, every eye is closed. If you want to lift your hands, you, whatever you, but is every eye is closed, don't be looking around. I'll just, this is just between you and God. It's not your spouse, not your kids. If you're by yourself, this is just between you and God right now. I want you to right now do some introspection right now. And, and I pray, this is my prayer today. I invite you to pray if you want. But God, if there be any wickedness in me, God, search me, oh God, root it out, God. God, I want to be on the right side. I want to be right with you. If you have all, the Bible says, he said, if you have an offering to bring, he said, you just leave it there. You get right with your brother and your sister, and then you come to him, and then he'll receive it. you got to be right with the body. you got to be on the right side of right. Right side of mercy, right side of grace, willing to forgive. God, I want to be right with you. God, would you please forgive me? Wash me with the blood. Cleanse me with your spirit. God, I plead the blood. Wash me. Purge me. Cleanse me. And also my brother and my sister. God, let us stand united together on the right side of mercy and grace. So that we might reap a great blessing for your kingdom. now I just invite you that was kind of my prayer but would you just take a few moments right now and do some introspection and if you want to be right would you make sure would you take this opportunity to talk to the Lord to be right with God to humble yourself before Him. To say, God, I'm going to stand. <laughs> I'm going to stand on the right side of judgment. Judgment begins at the house. By the way, the threshing floor was a place where judgment would be dispensed. Judgment begins right here. I don't know if you want to kneel, you want to stand, but I just want to give, give everyone the opportunity this morning. You want to come to an altar, you want to, wherever you're at, it's just between you and God right now. How many want to be right? How many want to be right? How many want to have a right spirit and right attitude? I want to be right. Let's spend some time in prayer this morning.
I spoke some weeks ago about going deeper. And the key is to submit. If we want to go anywhere further in the Lord, we have to submit. We have to submit to the Word of God, the will of God. We have to submit to the man of God. That's what God's calling us to do in this day, to forget ourselves. I just read today a book that said, it's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about His will. If we want to further what God has for us, we got to let ourselves go. I say there's an equation in life that will never balance out until we remove ourselves from the equation. Once we remove ourselves, our will, God's going to move in this time. Just please. If anything else, we want you all to be saved and God to move in this place in a mighty way and revival to happen. But we all must be in one mind and one accord, one purpose, to see the will of God done. Amen. God is great, great to be praised. We love you. Can't wait to see you again next Sunday. Just be in prayer this week. Remember Prayer Tuesday. God's going to do some great things. God's calling us to great things. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Love you.